Welcome to Self Careless, the podcast that's sick of super positive life coaches and affirmations because we're just trying to get out of bed and survive 2020 one day at a time. So put down your bullet journal, turn off your reminders and wallow with us. Welcome to all you self careless. Hello, it's episode three. We're here again. We did it. Good for you for joining me. Good for me for joining me. Um, <laughs> it's been a day, mate. Um, I'm recording this on Saturday, uh, 19th of December, 2020. Um, and after the light at the end of the tunnel of holiday bubbles and seeing our family and being able to hug our nuns we're now back in we're basically back in lockdown um london and the southeast are now in tier four which means it's basically lockdown it's um no no shops no retail no trading that isn't essential foods and things like that um and no seeing anyone who isn't either your household or your support bubble um so all those all those lovely plans all those lovely plans um are basically mice and they've gone very aglay um it's not not looking good lots of people are very upset today totally understandably um you know it's important that we're safe but given that that hope was cruel and taking it away it was cruel um so not a big fan of the government don't know about you guys but i think I'm starting to think maybe they're not the best don't know don't know getting a bit of a negative vibe um this evening uh for the first year ever I watched the Strictly final live and it's the first year I've been keeping up with Strictly Come Dancing at all um and boy oh boy was it emotional um (laughs) we uh I say we it was just me but I was watching it and cried for about an hour I'm pretty sure the last hour of it from when Bill Bill Bailey got emotional oh it was just heart-wrenching there were points where Claudia Winkleman couldn't get through her little bit of autocue. Um, she was so choked up and it ooh, it was both heartwarming and heart-wrenching at the same time. But it really brought together everyone. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Twitter person and... Um, seeing everyone on there saying I'm crying I'm crying and me saying I'm crying I'm crying and other people saying I'm crying I'm crying just really had this connection where it's like ah, we're all crying <laughs> we are all crying and um with good reason um it's a hard time of year anyway for people feeling lonely and having that last bit of hope taken away um is very difficult um so I'll be talking about Christmas um, connections and loneliness um, as them in the main bit of this episode um, 
And then next episode, we'll go through New Year's goals, May 21 for 2021. If you are doing New Year's Eve goals, New Year's Eve goals, my New Year's Eve goals are just don't drink. <laughs> um, but that's all to come later on, on in next episode. For now, let's catch up with Sophie. Let's catch up with Sophie. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. Let's catch up with Sophie. Um, so yes, uh, today marks 28 days sober. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's my feeling for while you're all clapping. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, it's not been too hard. It's not been too bad. Um, there have been a couple of days where, um, like yesterday, actually, you know, it was my last day working. Uh, I was like, I've done so well. Surely I'll just have some tonight. And I was like, no, think about it. Think about the serotonin you like. Keep it. Keep it there. Um, and also don't lose money. Don't add like a knob. Don't want to lose all the energy and all the nice things that you've built up over the last few weeks. So I didn't do it. So that was good. Also, I mentioned last episode that I had my mental health assessment coming up with the psychiatrist. Um, so I had that. Um, and the result is, drumroll please. <laughs> inconsequential. Not inconsequential. <laughs> Inconclusive. <laughs> wrong word. Wrong word. You said the wrong word. The man, the man said, Dr. George, he uh, said we only had half an hour and um, he asked me various things and I answered all the things and he said maybe there were signs of bipolar but could be emotional regulation, um, you know. Anyway, we've booked again for in March for a long nice long hour so we can really dig into those emotions and behaviors and things like that um which I'm very pleased with that result because as I mentioned before I think it's just mind-boggling that you can have a quick chat with someone and then they decide your <laughs> what what you've got um so it's actually quite satisfying for me um from reading his notes that he sent to the doctor it, he seems to understand where I'm coming from so I'm feeling positive about that um one thing that has changed since then he's um prescribed me an antidepressant a new one it's very exciting it's called vortioxetine vortioxetine like takes you into a vortex yes please drug me them um and it's quite interesting. So it is it is an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, but lots of studies have shown that it also works on the cognitive symptoms as well as the depressive ones. So um, while most SSRIs work on things like sadness, helplessness, hopelessness, all those kind of things, um, vortioxetine seems to be able to um, approach the different receptors in the brain ones that do those and also the ones that work with cognition so I'm not sure exactly how that all works but it seems to be working well for me like my energy's gone up um 
it feels like my brain's been turned on again. It's really weird. I was just doing a really exciting job of taking the cardboard out to the bins. And I was like, oh, the sky is nice. Oh, it's fresher. And it wasn't just that sort of occasional glimpse of uh, being optimistic that I had because that was I didn't know until I experienced it that that still had that sort of fog around it um so my brain's been going all to blibbity blobbity about what I'm gonna do now I'm getting better and you know over planning and all that kind of thing trying to avoid that just trying to keep calm and not think I'm fixed the world is here um (laughs) So yeah, uh, that's me right now. And um, yeah, again, lovely people have been in touch. Apparently my voice is quite soothing, Mm, quite ASMR. Well, let me tell you that I'm very pleased that you find me soothing. And if I can give you a brain chasm, then that's even better. So let's talk about human connection. Let's talk about Christmas and let's talk about loneliness. Yeah, I too wanted to go, let's talk about sex. um, But what's there to talk about? (laughs) Nothing for me anyway. So what is it about Christmas? I was at my mum's recently watching Arthur Christmas. Um, It was just on ITV or something. And she was doing a knitting and I was doing my puzzles. We're wild. And I said, oh, can I put this on? And she ended up loving it. But while we were watching it, she said, why, is, why do you love Christmas so much? Because I really do. Like, it's just the feeling of it. I always cry at Christmas films. It's the it's this, it's this Christmas spirit. It's the feeling of togetherness and people, people coming together, having human connection like in It's a Wonderful Life at the end, spoiler alert. Oh, well, you know, just all his friends show up for him. And Clarence, the angel, sends him a message saying, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. And it's just like, oh. And in Elf, you know, just singing loud for all to hear. And when these all sing and the Christmas spirit goes up and the sleigh goes whoosh above their heads. Oh, I cry every time. It's something that brings my heart to life. Um, I will quote my favourite Christmas film now in saying, it is the summer of the soul in December. Christmas also has this sort of time for giving thing and um, probably the most famous Christmas story is um, Dickens's A Christmas Carol. Um And even though the Muppets did it the best, um, it's a story that's been told many times. My lovely friend Scott recommended Neil Brand's adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which is um, an afternoon play on Radio iPlayer or BBC Sounds or whatever they call it. Um, It was a nice, it's a lovely production. It's a sort of stage production with choirs and orchestra and very good. But the thing um, afterwards, it's really worth listening. There's a very short interview between Neil Brand, the the guy who wrote the music and the adaptation, and writer Francis Buffett, who I don't know who he is, about how like Scrooge isn't just this sort of what we now think of as a like typical miser. You know, it, he's a 
Malthusian. He's someone who spouts this like political economy. And there's so a Malthusian, there's this guy, Reverend Malthus. Um, you've probably heard about, about it. He's the guy who said that the food supply would never grow as much as the population. So that we as humanity are doomed to live on the brink of starvation and that uh, wages are only ever going to be enough for like just getting by. And that's what Scrooge's talking about with the surplus population and things like that. And it certainly rings true now um, for certain people in, in power, um, especially those saying that UNICEF is pulling a political stunt by feeding starving children, you know. So, yeah, what Scrooge was, he was actually spouting these slogans that were actually sort of proud personal freedom sort of identities in the 1840s you know I'll look after my business you look after yours you know that was that sort of free market capitalism's thing um, um Dickens is saying actually no we need to we need to owe each other more than any sort of economic political theory can ever then that can work out um <laughs> I'll just quote him because I'm basically partly quoting him and if you listen to it you'll be like you're just rewording what he said yeah I am so let's just say what he said at the time of this more had changed in the last 30 years than in human history it's like you're living in the middle of a human earthquake and that's the point that Dickens says Christmas is important there are ways to be kind in the middle of this earthquake let's think about the humanizing possibilities of roast goose and sitting down together for a meal all of this stuff about Christmas is saying Actually, we can make this human again. We can take our new, strange, mad, intense industrial world and we can wear party hats. End quote. And uh, that's why I love Christmas because a lot of people who go through, who go through um, poor mental health, a lot of people with depression or anxiety or other mental health disorders, other, other shit, um, have said that this year has almost been comforting in the way that other people are finally experiencing a little bit of what it's like to be us to forever feel that sort of isolation and anger at the injustices and just sort of bafflement at people getting on with um this sort of just go to work do a job that kind of thing and I think we're in a similar time again like I think almost certainly more has changed in the last 30 years now than ever before um we're certainly in the middle of a human earthquake i think we're in the middle of a fucking explosion and it's happening um in fact uh, there's another bit i want to quote of neil brand um so actually this is francis buffett saying um i'll just say the quote i think there is a vision of fear which is not just personal when the ghosts visit scrooge there's a sense that unless something is done very quickly, then the consequences of Scrooge's vision of the world where no one owes anyone anything will be guillotines, tumbrils, mobs, riots and burning. End quote. Um, so yeah, guys, watch out for that wanton ignorance. We're seeing those consequences. We're seeing the mobs, riots and burning. Luckily, not so many guillotines. Um, tumbrils... 
I mean, who knows what a tumbrel is? Let's look it up. Not tumble dryer, Google, thank you. Tumbrels. An open cart that tilted backwards to empty its load. Ah, in particular one used to convey condemned prisoners to the guillotine during the French Revolution. Well, not so many tumbrels, luckily. But certainly mobs, riots and burning. The world is burning. Um, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> I can't remember what it's from. Some podcast, it might be Comedy Bang Bang or My Brother, My Brother and Me. Probably one of them because it's what just what I've listened to nonstop for the last sort of five years. Um, one of them says that they should there should be an updated version if we didn't start the fire every year. And I have seen one that's um, about COVID. We didn't start the virus. Some um, Australian rock band did or something. But <laughs> it, certainly, it certainly amuses me and I wish... I wish someone would do it I guess I could do it but I'm not gonna anyway uh, <laughs> yeah we didn't start the fire it was always burning but actually I find the fire obviously devastatingly upsetting it's horrendous that we've got to this stage but it gives me hope for that revolution um, I think the revolution started and um definitely the the silver lining of this pandemic is that hopefully we'll get some someone new in government anyway um yeah so christmas is the summer of the soul in december um it's a chance to see people we love it's a chance to reflect on the year give to charity more than we might usually you know just that rem annual reminder of love and that's why it's so moving to me and I don't understand the people who who don't get it at all I understand the over commercialization and not liking having decorations up in November that's fine yes just you do it in your way but nothing at all I don't understand it the Christmas is a very hard time for the lonely and I count myself in that, you know, I live on my own. Certainly not a lot of quality friendship time, especially this year, but generally it's been there for longer. Um, but yeah, there's these um, three types of loneliness, according to Dr. Murphy, I heard about on this podcast, so I had a look up. Um, there's intimate slash emotional loneliness. So that's the sort of close, intimate partner, usually a romantic partner, or it could be a family member or someone, but, you know, a twin, for example. P.S. I watched the Bross documentary at last this week. You guys over, you over-egged it. It was really good, but I was expecting something like a murder or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that sort of intimate, emotional thing. I certainly have that loneliness. Hands up if you do. Sorry to hear that. Um relational slash so, relational slash social loneliness so that's like the yearning for quality friendships and social companionship um yeah definitely as i said got that one so hands up if you've got relational loneliness mm -hmm. yeah me too babe so about that um and third collective loneliness um this is the hunger for a network or community of people who share your sense of purpose and interests. This is where we are trying to do something. You and me, you by listening, me by blabbing. 
you know just <laughs> finding find your people I guess is the way of saying that um it's something that I've had glimpses of you know um but essentially I feel that that vacuum as well so three big loneliness things um the doctor who came up with these three things says these three dimensions together so the three dimensions of the intimate the relational and collective loneliness together reflect the full range of high quality social connections that humans need in order to thrive the lack of relationships in any of these dimensions can make us feel lonely which helps to explain why we can have a supportive marriage yet still feel lonely for friends and community so if you are in a marriage and you're very happy it's not in a marriage but in a relationship you know um in a partnership and you can still feel lonely that doesn't mean the other person isn't providing enough all those kind of things why am I talking like an agony aunt fucking else I'm just trying to tell you how I feel and that reading about these things has sort of made me go oh yeah that makes sense because I felt some of the other loneliness, like maybe when I've been in a relationship for a while, the other lonelies were still there. Or, yeah, the collective loneliness is the one that really gives me, mm, I want it. Obviously, you know, having a life partner and someone to cuddle would be lovely. But in lockdown, like maybe lots of you even before lockdown, I've sort of come to terms with my own loneliness. You know, I've come to be pretty good at hanging out with myself. I can have conversations with myself. I'm doing it right now, you know. Um, I don't literally talk to myself apart from when there's a microphone in front of me, but I can quite happily just chill with myself. But in order to thrive, you need need those connections. And, you know, sitting in that, lonely place just because I'm fine with being on my own it's probably why things are tricky um you know at the beginning of this podcast I say we're just trying to get out of bed a reason to get out of bed is often connection you know sometimes it's a purpose and that's usually that sort of that bigger connection um but quite often it's you know just someone or something you know um I've heard friends with babies tell me that they're what's what gets them out of bed in the morning and then they can thrive and feel that love and the connection um and I've had people say the same with dogs like just as powerfully I believe um whether it's the reason to get out and go for a walk or seeing like a happy waggy tail and some just seeing joy in front of you um is a very powerful thing um I don't have those things so when there's nothing to get up for it's really hard to get up anyway let alone when you're in a pandemic let alone when you have depression so when we have connection people who rely on us we can force ourselves to act you know we're doing it for someone else or we're doing it for a bigger reason but getting up just to I don't know do a job you know jobs can come and go Uh, our dreams to write for example, can be ignored. Um, even when other people are involved, you can flake on a friend's hen party or a relative's funeral and ultimately you still get kind of forgiven. Um, you know, you're not well, so we understand you can't come. 
when we lose connection we lose purpose and we lose accountability and we lose action and that's where I become I don't know about you but a sort of stagnant bed lady it's hard to get out of that stagnation when you there's nothing apart from I should get myself better that to do um just having nothing to get up for has been a lot of my life the last five plus years feeling there's nothing to get up for um I don't know how to move on from this bit but um you know as the tier four looms t4 hey (laughs) let's call it t4 and make it much cooler like we have rick edwards presenting it and like alexa chung and simon amstel and we'll interview pop stars and it'll be great yes so everyone will have different circumstances in this situation i know um people being frustrated with other people uh i know i've for example and i know other single friends find it quite difficult when families saying oh i won't be able to see my parents um when they've probably seen them recently and they'll have people there all day to hug and kiss and spend time with they you know they're always with people and it can be hard not to resent that um but we shouldn't get into a a misery competition. Um, the four Yorkshiremen have shown us how that's done. Just go watch that sketch and remind yourself that there's no comparison. Because then we start. You can go start to think my feelings don't matter, my emotions don't matter. They all do. Let's not compare miseries. Let's let's be loving and Christmassy let's put on our party hats let's I'm trying to do a speech about you know being loving and generous but I'm tired it's it's hard work and I have to be honest with the self-careless thing like do my best but I do get pissed off with people who seem to have everything complaining that they can't go to their favourite gym it's hard but let's not compare miseries because we've all got them right now god better do a little addendum on this podcast I'm just going to go and stick my head in the bath for a second we're back (laughs) we said we would be yes um quite frankly got a bit morbid didn't it but you know it's tricky sometimes of year and we've got to be honest with each other and ourselves how we're feeling there's no shame in feeling like a big pile of poo um so this christmas all we have is each other 
you know, reach out, send a gift, send a joke. Do love actually title card parodies to your favourite neighbours. Um, tweet at selfcarelesspod, you know, do get in touch whether you're feeling lonely or overflowing with Christmas spirit. I want to hear from you. Um, so yeah, that's at selfcarelesspod on all the things or selfcarelesspod at gmail.com. Um, but finally, you know, I believe in people. I believe in humanity. They'll always, they'll always be ignorant and want. But hey, this is the world that made laughter and drag queens and Rick Mail <laughs> and Shit's Creek and the Muppets. Um, so we'll finish off in true Muppet style with a little song. As they say in Elf, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. So here you go, neighbours. Um, listen to me sing old Lang Syne. I'm sorry in advance for pitch and breathing issues. I've been smoking a lot recently and I'm very out of practice. But hey, it's the spirit of things. So join in or don't join in. Laugh at me or think I'm all right. Let's just have a little old sing and let's hold hands. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne. We too have paddled in the stream from morning sun till dine, but seas between us broad have wrought since old lang syne. For old lang syne, my dear, for yet for old lang syne and there's a hand my trusty friend and give me a hand all thine we'll take a right good will draft for old lang syne for old lang syne my dear for Christmas, everyone. Poo bums. <laughs>